Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Hope for Today. I am John, and I'm your host, and I'm so excited to welcome you today to what God has for us and what God has for your life. Today's subject, we're going to talk about faith. You know, faith is kin to hope. So we're going to move uh, into faith. I talk every week about hope somehow. And today my guest is Nathan Horton. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, glad to have you. I've known Nathan for 22 years. Uh, That's a lot of years. Oh, yeah, quite a bit. Uh, He was a teenager when I met him. Uh, Now uh, he has just authored his first book, The Process of Faith. Mm -hmm. So what was that experience like writing the book? Well, when I got when I was writing the book, I was actually diagnosed with COVID, mm-hmm. and so it I, it was basically my entire life was put on hold. Mm-hmm. So it was the perfect opportunity to actually write a book. Right. There was really nothing else I was doing, and so um, I was actually you know when you're going to sleep and you had that moment where you're uh, trying to go to sleep but you're quite not there yet. Right. The Lord spoke to me and He said, "Your first book needs to be published by the end of the year," okay. and that was in. Uh, did late that was in New Year's of 2021. Mm-hmm. And so uh I was diagnosed with COVID during the, the early month of January, and that's when I wrote it. Right. And so it was something that I've been studying and thinking about and meditating on for about 10 plus years. So it was just something that just instant do- download, but it was also a regurgitation of what I've been meditating on. Right. And so it was very easy. I wrote it in about a week and a half. Really? Yeah, about yeah. a week and a half. Well, here's a picture of the book and uh, where you can get it. You can get it on Amazon. Yes. So um, there's the book. How many pages is this book? Oh, about around 170. And he wrote it in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you have several more books in you. Huh? Wait, what's your next one going to be? It's going to be Over Mercy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Well, this one is The Process of Faith, and it is faith is a process. It doesn't just happen. It's something that grows in your life. Um, Nathan went to Raymond Bible College. Yes. Uh, what part did that play in this book? Oh, wow. Um, the, how the Lord has really dealt with me as far as my understanding of concepts in Scripture, He will oftentimes lead me to a school that teaches a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And then while I'm learning that thing, He's teaching me something totally different. Right. And, and as I'm learning simultaneously i'm seeing how they connect right and so while i was learning faith at rhema and i was learning the process of it and and the do's and don'ts of it what it is and what it isn't he was actually also teaching me grace now there were some classes that we talked about grace but that was not right. the that's not the mandate of rhema their mandate is go and teach my people faith right. grace is in part a part of that but their main focus was faith and so as i was learning faith the lord was also teaching me grace and i really saw my part which was faith, but God's part, which was grace. grace. And you put that in the book. Yes. Integrated. Yes. yes. So it's really um, interesting. And so going into mercy, is that a natural progression for you? Faith, grace, mercy, or is just a subject God's put on your heart? It's a subject that the Lord has placed in my heart. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was birthed out of while we were talking, while we we're going through this COVID season. Right. I was seeing all these outcries of mercy and all these different uh, theological, um, uh, interpretations or right. uh, perceptions of what mercy is. 
And some of it I agreed with, some of it I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't, and I never really heard some concrete teaching on mercy. Uh, I've heard of a lot of opinions. Right. Uh, but I've never heard of anything concrete. And the Lord was really like, well, why don't you just study it for yourself? And so I was like, well, why not? So for the past couple, for the past couple months, three or four months, I've actually got really dove deep into a study on mercy. Well, that's good. And it, there's a scripture that says mercy triumphs over uh, uh, evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Mm. Judgment, evil. Yep. It's uh, mercy is a great gift. You're part of uh, freedom here in Waxahachie. You've been a part of this church for uh, several years. Uh, you're a teacher by nature. Um, you're a spiritual teacher. And I'm excited for you to introduce uh, Mercy into the midst of this strong prophetic group. Um, and we're, we're moving more into the fivefold ministry, but I think we'll always be yes. very strong and prophetic. What I know of a prophetic ministry, the weakness of the prophetic ministry is judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we're because prophets see in black and white. Yeah. And yes. so if you're not yes. white, you're black. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and mercy says, no, you need to see in different colors. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and just yeah. I did a whole series that was kind of confusing to people. I got it living in the gray. But yeah. You know, yeah. we we have to find the place where God is. God sees our good and our bad. Mm -hmm. He he loves all of it. He loves us. I mean, he doesn't love the bad that we do, but he loves every part of us. And I, I'm excited for your mercy writing to speak to those issues where we judge instead of have mercy. Right. Yeah. If we don't understand something, we just judge it, yes. you know, write yes. it off. And thankfully that's not the kingdom of uh, heaven or neither one of us would even be here oh, no. right now, no. sitting here talking about anything. Right. Um, it, I, I've been studing imposter um, syndrome. Have you, do you know anything about imposter no syndrome? Idea. So we're going to go there for a minute. Imposter syndrome is, you know, it's pretty normal with people like, who am I to teach this? Who am I to write this book? Mm -hmm. Who am I to lead this group? Who am I to do anything? Because we're in tune with the worst parts of who we are. Right, yeah. And we rarely yeah. get all of that out. And so the enemy starts whispering in our ear, you're fake, you're phony. Right. If people yeah. really knew. The whole thing that blows it out of the water, though, is God knows. Yeah. God knows everything about us. And that's where I think his mercy is inserted into our life. That yeah. You're not a fake. You may not be completely healed right now, right. but you're a person in process yes. and I love you. And that's what I've really admired about you, Nathan. You're always working on yourself. You're, yeah, you're always wanting to improve who you are. You are not afraid to admit your mistakes. You're not afraid to admit your shortcomings in front of large groups of people. And it's very uh, satisfying when I see you do that because it's like, man, okay, Nathan has a lot going on. He has a lot of uh, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, but also has wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of himself mm -hmm. and owning mm -hmm. parts of you that you want to step into a better place. So where did that come from? You know, we hadn't talked about what we we're gonna. But where yeah. did you, where did you facilitate? You know, when I make a mistake, because some people can't own their mistakes. Yeah. When I make a mistake, I'm gonna own it. Where did that come from? It came from, and the moment you asked this question, I immediately knew the answer. It came from my understanding of grace. Hmm. It really came because I, I grew. I didn't grow up in the faith message, but when you just focus on faith, it gets very. It has the potential to be very legalistic very me focused. Right. What do I have to do? What What's my focus? What do I got to do? But yet 
that's healthy, but if you ignore God's part, which right. is the origin and the blueprint of everything we do as Christians, then it becomes, I'm God, and mm-hmm. he's just the bystander. And so grace, uh, when I was when the Lord was teaching me about grace and was really showing me about how he loves me and how there's nothing that I can do that will change that. And there's nothing that I could do that could cause him not to love me. Right. Not to love me or to even change his dimension of love for me. It's just basically on the fact that he looks at me because he sees Jesus. Right. That's the full measure. And the more I, I engrafted myself in that and the more I immersed myself in that knowledge and that understanding, the more I realized that because he loves me so much and in such a degree, and even though that is a process to fully understand it, to fully to fully walk it out, it's still true. 100%. And the more I learn that and the more I become acquainted with that, it actually uh, influences on how I see myself. And so because of that, I can be all, I can own my mistakes. I can say, okay, that's a part that is, that's a fruit that I don't like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that changes the tree. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, cause I am righteous cause that's what Jesus calls me. I am righteous, even though I mess up sometimes and the fruit might not match the tree. But the Lord says, okay, let's fix the fruit. I'm not changing the tree. The tree is still right, valid. Right. The tree is still the tree. But let's change the fruit. And when the whole point, when I really le- realize that I make mistakes, or sometimes it's not a mistake, it's my choice. Right. Um, that does not change the tree. And it does not define the tree. The moment I realized that and the moment that became more ingrained in me, I became more apparent to say, okay, I screwed up here. That I messed up here. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm no longer justified to do this. Right. I'm no longer qualified to do this. Because again, the tree doesn't change because of a, of a messed up fruit. Just cut off the fruit and it's gonna, continue on. There'll be more fruit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good. So let's get back to your book. And this book uh, is a book I believe you're going to want to purchase. You wrote it in a week and a half. Well, mm-hmm. I read it in a day and a half. Oh, Maybe okay. Not even that. I mean, I, I didn't hardly put the book down. Uh, and I'm a speed reader, but I wanted to really take in what was written. And I was also kind of proofing it oh, yes, for yeah, you. Yes, yes. So yes. I was really taking my time in this book, but I, I, I spent several hours just pouring over the book and was really amazed at the depth that you went and how you expounded on faith and grace and hope. Uh, I, I'm, I call myself a hope dealer, so I really liked your chapter on hope. Okay, cool. uh, that's yeah. really cool. But... Was there anything in the book that God revealed to you that really surprised you or stands out like, wow, I'm glad that was in there. Is there, I mean, there's so many good parts to the yeah. book. There was one moment, it didn't really surprise me, but it really, well, I guess you could say that I could use the word surprise, but it, it really affected me. It was when I've written the book, I read the book and uh, I gave it to Christine, who was my editor. Right. And she was a total godsend for this whole thing. It's one way to have, it's one thing to have an editor. It's totally different to have an editor of like mind. Right. And so um, as I was talking to her and I re- and I read the book, we were talking and I realized that as I was co- talking with her, I needed to have a section on sin hmm. because Paul dealt with. Sure. Whenever you talk about grace, there is going to be a confusion on the sin factor. Right. I mean, Paul is full on Galatians and, sa- and saying, oh, you you've uh, you wretched Galatians. What gospel have you believed? Right. And he starts talking because they think that they can do whatever they want. And if you're not, if you I teach met some grace, of those people, yeah, if you teach the grace of God and you're not, and you're not, and people are not thinking that they, that you're giving them liberty to, to do yeah. whatever they want, then you're not really teaching the grace right. of God. Right. And so, but, and I eventually realized while I was talking to, to her, I need a top, I need a section on sin. 
And I wrote a section on sin and the sin turned from sin, section on sin to a chapter right. on sin. And the funniest thing as I was, as I was writing it, 70% of that chapter was on the goodness of God. Yeah. It was, it, and it shocked me when I, when I went back and I read it. I was like, golly, I hardly talk about sin at all in this mm -hmm. sin chapter. And the Lord spoke to me. He's like, the reason that I had you write like that is because when the fall of man happened, I was not unscathed. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to cry now because I remember when I was when I was talking, when I was teaching on the concept of how he was creating Adam, the Lord opened my eyes to how he was feeling, right. the, the devotion, the, the, the patience, the, the, the companionship that he was putting into creating Adam. And the fact that when Adam, when the fall happened and he cried out, uh, where are you? That, I think when there's a statement in my book where I say, we have this statement that probably the most heart-wrenching statement is when God's, when we go to God and God says, depart me from, I never knew you. Right. But out of, when I wrote that book, this statement came out of my, my spirit when I wrote it. No, the heart-wrenching moment is, Adam, where are you? Yeah. And so um, it really, it really, it wasn't shocked me, but it really opened a dimension of God's love for me in that, in that context. And so, and then when you talk about sin, when you piggyback up and say, okay, now I'm talking about my shortcomings, you can't really... I mean, you can blame yourself, but you can't condemn yourself because right. there's, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You can't condemn yourself when you're just so in so filled and so overwhelmed with his love right. in the first 70% yeah, of that chapter. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. You don't have children yet, but you are a child to some good parents. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when as children, when we have shortcomings, and I, I did some stupid things, the teen years and even in my 20s. I had no consideration of what it was doing to my parents. Yeah. I right. wanted to blame them for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But I, mm -hmm. I went thinking this yeah. is hurting them or they're, mm -hmm. they're feeling uh, distant from me or they're yeah. wondering if I'm going to make it or I'm okay. None of that hit me until I had kids. Uh, yeah. And then you, you're on the other side. You're like, oh, uh, that's yeah. what that is. So, you know, when we, uh, when we think of that, that had to really hurt the heart of God. Yeah. I mean, he created Adams for mm -hmm. fellowship and mm -hmm. here's the, the creation His everything he poured into and gave dominion over hiding from it. Right. Saying, yeah. I don't want to see you right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was nothing God did. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He gave him the best of everything. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a neat, mm -hmm. neat thing. So it's repeated in second Adam. Yes. Mm -hmm. That it, it truly hurt the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Probably more or a different way than it hurt Jesus. Yeah. As the father. You know, right. It's just yeah. like, Wow, because it was a, had to be a conscience uh, decision of God to reject him. Yes. Oh, that's even more painful. Yes. Really. Yes. Wow. So it's yes yeah, that that's the kind of stuff in this book. So here it is. The process of faith talks about grace, hope, sin. Um, I, I think you're gonna. I, I I highly highly recommend this book. It's anointed of God. And I want to give kudos to Christine O'Dell. Yes. You mentioned her. Yes. yes. Um, here's her information at Eight Owls Publishing. She's my publisher. She's starting to get really busy now mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, doing a lot of work for a lot of different people and uh, even a whole denomination. She's working with them, writing books. The thing about Christine, if you're, if you're an author, uh, she does ghostwriting or she'll write with you or help you and guide mm -hmm. you. She'll find your voice really yes. easy to work and yes. excellent and anointed. Yes. So yes. Uh, she's valuable. So I want to give kudos there. Yes. I'm excited for your next book. How many books do you think you have in you? 
as many as the Lord wants me to write. Okay, I think I think <laughs> and, there's a lot. Uh, I think Christine told me that there was a lot too. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I do think there's quite a few books. Uh, I've written five now, and I want to do ten more at least. Yeah, right. So I mean, once you get going, mm-hmm. it's it's an exciting thing, and it, and our books will outlive us. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah. Uh, so far, I haven't written anything. I've had to retract. <laughs> See, yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, I'm but, like. But, but if yeah. you stay close to the word, yes, you're yes. not gonna have to. I right. I don't want to get carried away in um, popular fads of the moment. Right. Yes. Over the word. Right. So we like to be very balanced. Yes. In our yes. lives. Yes. And uh, Nathan is a very balanced person. Um, you were raised in a Christian family. Yes. And um, your family was, uh, I don't I don't was it Word of Faith Church kind of you were raised initially connected I was, to that? I, or? It was it was Word of Faith from my parents that I was connected to, but we did not grow in, up in a Word of Faith okay. work. Okay. Because there was not a Word of Faith yeah. work. Where we but, but your parents kind of yes. lean into mm-hmm. that. So yes. you and your siblings uh, are people of faith. And then Rama Church really helped you ex- yes. ex- expand yes. that, and you're such a value to me personally. Um, you know, I can go to Nathan if I'm having an issue or down or whatever, and I know I'm going to get a faith-filled word that is backed up by the Word of God. You know, you're not going to give me some flaky something to make me feel good. <laughs> In fact, not all your words make me feel good, but not all medicine is good either. Right. Yes. You know? <laughs> and we still have to take it. <laughs> yeah, we, we take it. And the word of God, if you think the word of God for you is just to make you feel good, you're missing the point. Yes. Uh, he's our friend and the wounds of a friend are faithful. Yes. So the word of God, uh, the best description is a two-edged sword mm-hmm. to cut you two ways, going yes. in and out. Yeah. I mean... Well, the Lord, brutal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And the Lord gave me a revelation on that. Okay. He said, uh, he said, um, when it hurts, the reason it's hurting is because you're not at rest. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're struggling with it, that's when it hurts. Yeah. But he says, my word is supposed to be a surgical tool. Yeah. That's good. Where you're at sleep and when you're at rest. Yeah. So if you're in full submission if to what I'm spirit, saying, yeah. Yeah. If you're in full you're submission, you're not going to get offended. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But flesh gets offended we're not and cut, ripped up, like and, that. Yeah. yeah, jagged cuts. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but still, even in those moments where you feel you've been stabbed by the word brutally, it's still faithful. Yes. The word every is faithful. Single, every single the, time. The word works. So I thank you for being a student of the word. I thank you for being a teacher of the word and now an author yes. uh, expounding on the word of God. And Nathan, I, I look forward to hearing much more from your life, many more books. Um, I, and again, here's one, one more shot for this book, The Process of Faith. Get this book. You're, you're going to want this book in your library. Uh, maybe get more than one because you're going to want to give them away. They're really astoundingly sound full of good scriptural doctrine and the, the process that you lay out is so valuable. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, um, for being a part of the kingdom and doing your part in writing this book and other books to follow. Well, thank you for joining Nathan and I today. We've had a good time. Yes. And yeah. um, I just, is there anything you want to say to the audience? Well, I mean, the whole purpose of this of this book was to... I remember having a conversation with Christine and there's a statement that I write in the book where at the very beginning where I say, it's not my job to change your mind. And, and we kind of had a discussion about it. And my intention about that statement is this, is that it's not my job as a teacher 
to change your mind. It's my job to give you something to think about. Well, and good. so and so think about I, that. Yeah. So I want to encourage I want to encourage you. Some of this stuff, some of the stuff that I put in the book can be challenging, especially if there it could challenge your theology, it could challenge your understanding about God. And especially and your good, religion. Yes. <laughs> I'll let you say that. <laughs> and so um I want to ch- challenge you. If something that when you read it and you don't know if you agree or if you flat say, I don't agree with that, put it on the shelf yeah. and allow God to bring it back down to you if he so chooses to. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. And if it lines way. up with the word against what you were taught, I wouldn't even put it on the shelf. I would just, I've learned uh, in my life, just go ahead and take it because mm-hmm. it's the right thing. The word never lies. And a lot of things that we learn in our life are religious. It's the doctrine yeah. of man. And so I want to be obedient that when somebody shows me what the word says, as opposed to what I was taught, I got to drop that. And I I got to grasp the word. So you were very generous in saying, put it on the shelf. I'm saying, take it (laughs) because it's truth. So there wasn't anything in your book that made me upset or like, wait a minute, that's not right. It just all made sense because you use so much of the word in the book, you can't go wrong when you have the word awesome. as the basis of the of the writing. So thank you for that. Thank you. thank you for being grounded and balanced in the word. And thank you for participating with us and getting this book. So have a blessed week. Let the hope of God turn into the faith of God, moving you through through mercy and all the things and grace that He's doing to have a wonderful life. Thank you again, Nathan. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.